Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Vanessa, I'm so excited to be talking to you. How are you today? Honestly, I am so good. I'm so excited. I have like jitters. I don't know what it is. Before we get started, please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do. Oh, wow. I feel like I'm a person of many hats. Basically, I'm an educator. I'm a mom. I'm a military wife. I'm like basically all of the above. I have so many passions and stuff. That's why I feel like my life is like in shambles sometimes because it's like I want to do it all, you know? Yeah, I totally get that. I want to talk about you being a military wife because that is kind of how I how I met you. Um, you guys mm-hmm. were stationed here in D.C. for what, four years and now you you left me and you're in California and we connected over a few things but in particular motherhood miscarriage trying to conceive and we both have our rainbow babies and like life has really changed for us over the past five years so let's start with how it is being a military wife how it is you know continuously having to move and rebuild your community and also how that's been as a mother yeah so in the beginning you know me and Eddie we graduated college and it wasn't really something on our minds, but Eddie, it was hard for Eddie to find a job, you know, and something that was going to help support us in the family. So he said, you know, let me take this leap. Let me join the military. And he was older. A lot of people who joined the military are young, straight out of high school. But no, my husband was 26 when he joined. So that's kind of old when you're joining the military. So um, we ended up moving to Boston. And that was completely complete culture shock to me because honestly I'm a woman a family family is everything to me so doing that move that initial move really hurt me like family wise like I was so far away from my family even though it was only four hours it's still like every time I left New Jersey I cried every single time and my mom would call me knowing that I cried and Mm -hmm. I just built a great community with the people I worked with and thank God it was like a small little center where I worked. I actually worked for education. So I worked in a small group and I met some great people there and we only stayed in Boston for a year. So that wasn't too hard. And then we moved to Virginia and that was kind of easy just because I was able to transfer with my job and find that community again with the people at my job so that was pretty good and Virginia was like a whole new ballgame because now I'm focusing on growing my family and then just like going to your events and us connecting on like conceiving and stuff that was big and you know I always look at Virginia as the state of me learning how to like go through the tough mess in my life conceiving is no easy fret like it was the most like hardest thing me and my family can go through it really tested me and Eddie's relationship it just messes with you a lot like mentally you know so thank God you know you just push through and you push through and you're just hoping that there's like a light at the end of the tunnel and thankfully there was you know like I was able to conceive my rainbow baby after many years it was like three years me and Eddie 
were trying to conceive yeah. this baby. And, you know, we had two miscarriages, which was super hard on us, especially the second one, because that one went even further than the first one. So when you actually start seeing the baby through the ultrasound, you just get that bond, you know? So that was really, really hard for us in Virginia. But, you know, I found my group of people. And then to, like, move again to California, it has been, like, so hard for me, Alex. You don't even know. Like, I think this has been the hardest move that I've ever experienced just because it's different out here. And it's a big culture shock to me. Like, people in California are, like, a different breed from the people that I grew up with in Jersey City, you know? It's not mm -hmm. as diverse mm -hmm. as I see, you know? I don't really see myself in the people here. And it's just hard to, like, relate. And I quit my job. I quit my job after seven years. It's time for me to actually follow passions and things that really joy in my life and that was a big decision to make too because now I'm not only just moving to a new state I'm starting kind of like brand new again and that was not easy I cried my eyes out like I was I felt so depressed and then when you're here by yourself it even makes it 10 times worse you know so yeah and I remember you saying like being a mom now and being by yourself makes it even harder so you and I had kind of a catch up earlier this week and you told me that you got a job and you know you you had to do something with your time to make I don't know to just make it feel like you're not just there and stagnant and not growing and you also mentioned that you wanted to make new opportunities for yourself so yeah. what has that been like having to start over and how is it have to rebuild a community or try to you're very outgoing you know you are very sweet and kind and people love you and like that's what really made me flock to you is just your warmth you know I think the older you get it's like the smaller your circle gets you're just very cautious of who you let into your life especially like with your children you don't want your children right. exposed to like toxic things you know what I'm saying so you're just very cautious of who you let in now into your life. In the beginning of this move, I said, okay, I'm so excited. I'm going to stay home with Gabby. And then it was good for like a month. And then once Eddie's sister left back to New Jersey and I was kind of like yeah. left by myself, I was like, mm -hmm. oh man, this isn't fun anymore. Like it, that's when like the anxiety and the depression and all that hit because in my mind, you know, and I was telling you this, it's like, I want to be successful. I want to be able to provide my daughter a life that I wasn't able to have when I was younger. And not saying that my family didn't provide me a great life, but honestly, I'm trying to break those generational curses. Like I'm trying to mm -hmm. have her live this abundant life, you know, and it's been a real struggle, but I feel that the main thing that kind of stood out to me during this whole, like what, five months that I've been here is just to be still. And I think with us nowadays, everything is just go, go, go. What's the new thing? What's the best thing I can have and all this stuff. And sometimes we just have to sit back and realize that we just have to be still, appreciate the moment, kind of just take everything in and just let things happen like naturally. Let it just flow because what's going to be for you is going to happen. And sometimes you're just like, oh, that's so cliche and stuff like that. But I really believe that because a lot of the jobs that I was applying to here that I was so focused on, like, I want this job. I want this job so bad. 
And I got called back saying, sorry, we found somebody else with better qualifications. And then when I look at this job that I got now, which I'm working with like Desium, which is like a beauty company and stuff. And honestly, I paid no mind to this. I was like, okay, let me apply real quick. And I just put it like on the back burner. I didn't even think about it. And it happened so naturally, like the hiring process me actually getting it it happened so quick and naturally and I'm like wow like and it actually turned out to be better for me because it paid me more money it's such an easy job like it flows for me and I think that's what really stood out to me just sometimes you just have to be still and trust that life knows what it's doing like whatever it's going to be for you it's going to happen you just have to just wait it out sometimes that absolutely makes sense. And I'm glad that you're learning how to honor that because it's hard. Like I get it when you're like, I wanted to be home with this baby and now I'm by myself and things are not as easy as I thought. And it was the same for me, you know, Max is here now and Isla, right? So we had to put Isla in preschool for two days a week because I just needed some time to breathe and to shower and to not have to worry about running after my almost two-year-old and trying to take care of the newborn. It's a lot. And also transitions in careers, but transitioning careers is never easy. And I'm really proud of you for kind of sticking to your guns and being like, no, I'm going to do, I'm going to go after the thing that may be different for me. Cause you've been in education for years. You're a teacher, you're a director, like that's what you do. So to make this big shift, I am just, I'm just really proud of you. And um, everything you're doing is brave. You know, being a a military wife is an extension of your bravery. Starting over is an extension of your bravery. Making new friends and trying to build a new community is an extension of your bravery. And like, that's a really big deal. I hope you give yourself some grace during this time. Switch gears just a little bit. You know, I want to talk about self-care, but I also want to talk about you being a Latina woman and how self-care played a role, if at all, in your life as a young girl. I know for me as a Black woman, like self-care was not a thing. I didn't know about it until maybe 10 years ago, maybe even like eight years ago, right? So how was that for you growing up um, as a Puerto Rican woman, as as a young woman, and then raising a young Latina woman, eventually she's going to be a woman. She's a baby right now. But you know what I mean? Like, how has that been for you? You know, it's so funny, Alex, because I look back at, like, just growing up, because that's been kind of, like, my focus now, too, and, like, finding my joys and my passion is just kind of reflecting on my younger self. And when I look back at that, like, younger, like, feisty, brave little Vanessa, like, I used to write when I was little. I had journals and I would just write and write and write. And I was a very emotional kid because, you know, growing up, I was fostered within my own family. Like I didn't grow up with my birth mom. I don't know who my birth dad is. So to like deal with those emotions, like feeling abandoned and all that stuff. So it was really hard because I had so many questions, but my family is the type that they're so prideful and they like to keep things to themselves. Like nothing's ever Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. shared or nothing's ever really like put out in the open. You just kind of have to like eat your feelings in a way, you know? And it's funny because 
growing up and looking at myself, like writing, I never thought that was like my form of self-care. And I still have some of those journals and the things that I would write in there. It's like, wow, it's kind of powerful for like a little kid to be writing that stuff. And I never knew I, I had that practice until now that I was older and I kind of like look back like that was my way of surviving because it was hard where I grew up like it wasn't Mm -hmm. easy at all like we grew up in the hood like it was the hood like my school had metal detectors like there were shootouts there were fights like it was just such a negative environment so I had to do what I had to do to kind of have that survival mode you know to survive and honestly I think I did pretty well like I'm working in Beverly Hills, California. Like, that's kind of, like, insane to me because I would have never thought that a girl from Jersey City will be working in Beverly Hills, California, one of the richest neighborhoods in California, which is pretty insane. How are you planning on teaching Gabby how to take care of herself? I find that raising daughters is interesting and beautiful and like we can give them what we didn't have. I mean, she's not even two yet, right? So it's like maybe a really big question, but how do you plan on teaching her? Just honoring her feelings. Like I understand how you feel and it's okay to feel that way because sometimes when you're growing up and like you're crying because you feel sad or something, they're like, oh, just suck it up. It'll be better, you know, like, but no, we have to honor our children's feelings and understand that they're humans too. And they feel these emotions. And I think just giving them the right tools to kind of like process those things. And for me, that's like making sure that Gabby feels confident, putting her in things that will make her feel confident, things that she actually enjoys and not pushing her to things. Like everybody keeps saying, oh, Gabby's so cute, put her in modeling. And I'm like, I don't want to do that because what if she doesn't want to do that? You know, like I I don't want to force her to do things that is not going to make her happy or spark that joy. I want her to do things that truly makes her feel happy you know what I'm saying so I just think just providing those tools and just learning with her because she's my first baby so I don't know how this motherhood thing works like I'm learning just just, yeah I'm serious I'm learning with her as I go so I think it's just kind of reflecting on yourself and noticing the things in your life that you didn't like and trying to change those patterns so when you're raising your kids it's it's different. It's like I said, it's breaking those generational curses so that, you know, she has the proper tools to be a good person and be a good Mm -hmm. human. That's all I want. I just want Gabby to be a good person to this world, especially the way how cruel this world can be. I just want her to be a light for that, you know? you finding your individuality outside of motherhood and being a wife what has this move taught you about being like just for you and being just Vanessa you know it's so funny because yesterday me and Eddie just had a conversation driving back home and I told him he was like you know maybe you should find a job that just helps you like helps you pay off the bills and just spend time more home with the family and I told him no I said if that was the case I would have stayed with with my other job like I just want to be able to do things that make me happy and I think it's just like putting your foot down and saying you know what even if I have to make this small sacrifice 
Like I know at the end of the day, it's going to make me a better wife, a better mom, and it's going to help prepare us for what life has to offer, the abundance that life has to offer. And it's really just putting your foot down and saying, you know what, I'm going to make this sacrifice, but I know it's going to help us in the end, you know? Wow, that's big. How is that to say, no, I'm not doing that? In the beginning, I had mother's guilt. I was like, oh my God, now I'm going back to work. And now this job is kind of like I'm working weekends now. And that wasn't ever the case in my other job. Like I had weekends off, like I had major holidays off. But this is more like I'm using more of my time and stuff. And, you know, I told Eddie, I said, listen, in order for me to be happy and not to feel so anxious and depressed, I have to do the things that make me happy. In order for me to be a good wife, you kind of have to support those things because I know in the end, things will get better. Like, it'll just get better. I, I know it for sure. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. at this moment if it will, but I'm just praying to God, like, God, if this is for me, let this be for me and let this benefit me and my family, you know? Wow, that's big, Vanessa. So it's not easy at all. Like, I've really been struggling these last five months, just like finding my purpose again, you know, just finding, because I'm 32. Like, when you're 32, Mm -hmm. you're just thinking like, okay, right now, like I told you before, we're supposed to have our house, we're supposed to have like things paid off, like we're supposed to be living good at this age, quote, unquote, you know, but now it's kind of like a new beginning for me. And it's shaking things up. And it's really like testing the waters. But I have faith and I know that things are going to turn out the way it's supposed to be. I don't know what it is, but it is. (laughs) I want to touch on that a little bit, that feeling like you have to be in a place by a certain age, because I don't think a lot of people talk about it publicly. It's kind of these internal conversations at home or with ourselves. So let's be a little vulnerable real quick and, and talk about like why that feels quote unquote, not enough. Of course, like we don't have to live by societal standards and have a house by X age or have a kid by X age or be married by X age. And like everything just takes its different time and pace. But for you personally, why does that feel kind of like awkward? Yeah, because I think it's just the comparison. Like it's sad to say, but sometimes you're just like, okay, I'm not going to compare myself. But you do. Like I know I do for sure. Like I look at people, I'm like, wow, like I really wish I can have that. Like how, how do they have that? like easily and accessible like it's just that voice in your head saying like I have to be there in order to be successful and especially growing up Latina like our families struggled for generations after generation after generations and like I said like we're trying to move forward and it's just those pressures of I need to have success especially as Latinas like if you're not married by like 25 they think your life is doomed like that's it it's over for you like you're never going to have kids, you're never going to get married, like you're just going to be a cat lady at home, you know, but it's just like these pressures that you have. And I think what kind of like put me in a reality check is that life and the world around us is abundant, you know, there's enough for everybody. And what's going to be for you is going to happen. And you just have to trust that the world is going to give it to you, but you have to make the right decisions and you have to work hard that's it you have to work hard all these people who have been successful it hasn't been given to them on a, on a silver spoon and if it has it's probably like that 0.11 percent you know that that has it but 
people have to work hard and you have to step out your comfort zone. Nothing good comes from being comfortable. And I've learned that now that being uncomfortable is the worst feeling ever. But I think that's where the growth happens. That's where abundance happens. That's when you start seeing things shift in your life. When you actually take that step out of your comfort zone and really push for the things that you want, because it's not going to be easy. But once Mm -hmm. you just push through it all, eventually you're going to see it grow. It's kind of like a flower, right? Like a plant. It pushes through the dirt and eventually it's going to blossom into something really beautiful, but it takes time for it to do it. And I think that's the issue now. You see social media and all these things and you just see the highlight reel, things that are happening kind of like instantaneously, quote unquote, but it doesn't happen that way. It's false reality, you know? And I think we just have to just remember that life has, you have to take it one day at a time. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So we got to focus on today. So, yeah. Wow. I think that's a good way to end. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for your time oh today. God, this is awesome. I love you guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai. Hey Girl Podcast is produced by Wayne Bertram and me, Alex L. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.